0: Today's scripture reading is found in the bulletin under Galatians chapter 5:13 and 14. And on the screen. Read it with me, please. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Happy Sabbath, everyone. It is good to be here uh, with everyone today. Um, I, When I was preparing this message um, a month ago or so, it's for a for future giving it, um, I had no idea that, that um, Lucas would be back in the hospital. But this, today's message about living the dream is really focusing in on three things that I think really kind of embodies Lucas and the family. Because today's topic is more about understanding how we can live the dream, even though some of us are going through nightmarish situations, even though some of us may be dreaming to live someday. We really do live in amazing times. I mean, almost daily, you hear about new things that are being invented, new ways to do things. The Bible says that wisdom and knowledge is gonna be increasing exponentially in the final days, and we are there. Today's message, though, is about hope, faith, and a positive attitude. In Romans 15, 13, Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How can we live the dream and help others who may be dreaming to live? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, this is your time, and I ask that you please send the Holy Spirit here to translate what you want people to hear and what they need to hear. Father, we lift up Lucas and the Nelson family today in prayer as well, and ask you to be with them. In your name I ask, amen. Every year, people spend billions of dollars on self-help books, In fact, last year, it's estimated that about $13 billion was spent on how to be happy, how to love life, how to do things differently. Millennials are really driving this. In fact, 94% of millennials say that they actually invested in a self-help type of program. And they say that they would be willing to spend $300 a month for self-help. I want to meet some of those because i got some great coaching I can do with them. <laughs> Millennials spend twice as much as baby boomers, and we can only wait to see what the next generations will be doing. It's interesting that all of these new authors, so about 15,000 new titles are published every year on how to have a better life. And um, last year, just to, just to give you an idea, Um, Motivational speakers, they made about a billion dollars. Personal coaching was also a billion. Um, Interestingly enough, the top four categories for books in terms of improvement in sales, body, mind, and spirit books, they were up by 63%. People are looking for something. They're searching for it. Self-help books were up 30%. Cooking up 22%. I guess that's a good thing. And religious books were up... 13%. It's interesting that through all of this, people are searching for something out there that can help them in their daily lives. And we as Christians are charged with helping people. We need to help people. We need to be there for them it doesn't mean that we have to go out and run around with the Bible and say, this is what you need to know, this is what you need to do, I got it right here. What it means is being a candle on a hill that lights a thousand other candles. I'm going to share three things with you today that I found that helped me through the most challenging times of my life, and trust me, I've had many, and my family can vouch for that, and I still have many and I know that there's gonna be many more to come. The first thing that I like to think of is, I need to have hope. Hope is the first thing. Now, I'm going to, people are gonna say, well, you need Jesus. I give you that. That's the whole part about being a Christian. But as a Christian, what do I need to have to kind of keep that going, besides the relationship with Christ? One is hope. You have to have hope. If I have hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today, then I want to get going tomorrow as well. If I don't have hope that tomorrow is going to be better, what good is it? I should just give up, pull up the covers over my head, and binge watch on Netflix for the rest of the day. Some people lose all sense of hope because of what they go through. A a friend of mine who I grew up with, she went through so much so many different things so many different things and yet she always had hope and faith in god she's an inspiration when we look back in the bible and i look to see you know people in the bible had hope let's look at abraham and sarah do you remember abraham and sarah they they hoped for a child and god said you're going to have a child All right they hoped They thought, okay, God's gonna provide a child. When God didn't provide it in their time, Abraham decided to take things into his own hands. And look at how that turned out. So hope isn't the only thing we need, but hope starts with understanding that tomorrow will will be better than today. On a side note, I can tell you this, when I, was, when I went to college, um, my hope was that I would find a bride, right? Back in those days, it wasn't really to get an education, well, it was to get an education, but it was also find somebody that you can marry. In fact, my mom always said, I want you to marry a great Seventh-day Adventist girl, I want you to have babies and baby kids, right? And, and so that was my main mission, besides trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, all through my life, I had always been the dumpy, so, pe- so people had always dumped me. And I finally found who I thought was, was a perfect perfect person for me, right? Um, and she said yes when I asked her to marry me. Perfect, I hoped, I had it good, gone, right? About six, seven months after, she says yes, she dumped me. I didn't think that was possible. I mean, I thought once you got engaged, it, it's, it, it's a done deal. I did find out, however, that I got a toaster oven out of it. I hoped, I hoped, but that wasn't enough. Just like Abraham and Sarah, you need to have faith. Hope is the start, but it needs faith. And I will say this, faith needs action. So the first part is hope, believing that it's gonna happen. Second part is faith and taking action. Combined with action, hope and faith is an exponential catalyst for life-changing results. Let's go back to Abraham for a moment. Think about Abraham and Isaac. God told Abraham, you're gonna take your only son that came for me, and you're gonna take him up, and you're gonna sacrifice him. Now, as a father, I I have a very difficult time doing that. But Abraham, Abraham had faith this time around not only did he hope that God would provide a sacrificial lamb, but he had faith. Because as he was walking up with his, uh, walking on that long journey with his son, he said, God will provide the sacrifice. I couldn't, I, I would have a real tough time telling my kids, you're the sacrifice. And remember when Abraham and Isaac, they get to a certain place with their, with their uh, troop, And Abraham turns to his assistants and says, you stay here, we will go up and sacrifice and we will see you when we get back. He used the term we, which is interesting because theoretically, God told him to to kill Isaac up there. And yet, Abraham had such faith that he said, we will return when we're done sacrificing. Sacrificing. When he gets up there and he puts the wood on the fire and he says, okay, Isaac, you're the sacrifice. God said, you're to be sacrificed. Think of Isaac, a young kid. He could have easily run away. Isaac had faith. This this is beyond my comprehension as to how a father and a son can have that amount of faith in what God said, but they did. And when I look at that story, I think it really brings home the story of God sending his only son here on earth to die for us. It helps me to understand for that. Now, I shared that in college I went to find a wife and that my ex-fiance dumped me. What I didn't share with you is, you know, so as parents, right, I don't know, as parents, um, if, if we... If we have daughters, it's typically no, no guy is good enough for my daughter, right? I mean, for those people that may have guns, they may polish them when the guy comes over to take them out, you know, for, for a date. And as dads, right, daughter's very protective. I said, if we ever have a daughter, I'm putting bars on her windows until she's 30, right? As sons, right, for sons, it's, it's like no girl is good enough for my son. No girl. No, no, can't do it, Right? My mom, I guess, apparently, um, outwardly, she said, oh, this young lady's a nice, nice girl, great, you know, she's Adventist, her dad was a pastor, really nice, okay. But my mom shared with me after, uh, after the breakup, and I called her and I was all heartbroken, she said, I'm thanking God because I prayed that you would find the right person, and I didn't think she was the right person. All right, at that moment, I didn't know who to be more mad at, my mom or God. Because, I, because while it seems trivial in looking back, as a young person, my heart was broken. This was something that I, I was like, wait a minute, I thought I finally had, had the right person. But my mom shared with me that she had been praying all the time that I would find the right person and that it would be somebody that I would know as well would be the right person. A year later, as the song goes, I was taken by surprise by a pair of lovely eyes. And the course was changed for me for the better. When I met my future wife, and we just celebrated our 32nd anniversary, and I'm hoping she sticks with me for another 32. I love what Mother Teresa says. She says, faith keeps the person who keeps the faith. Hebrews 11:1 says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Hope, faith, and action. People that we interact with every day don't always notice our hope. They don't always notice our faith. The outward appearance is what they notice. And what people really notice is your attitude. I always like to think your attitude determines your altitude. And from an altitude, when you're up in a plane looking down on the world, it looks a lot different than when you're here on Earth and seeing all of the bad things. I can only imagine what it looks like for astronauts that are out and looking down on this blue marble. It's amazing. For me, we need to always have a positive attitude. That's a big challenge sometimes, especially for me, because there's there's things that I just don't like or don't agree with. But but man, if I don't have a positive attitude, how can I be considered the child of a king? You see, Christians especially should have a, a positive attitude, because think about it. We believe that Christ is coming back for us. We believe we're gonna be able to live in heaven forever. We can travel the galaxies. We will see our friends, our family, our loved ones, and man, I'm gonna see some of the Bible characters and I'm gonna really ask them, what were you thinking? And they're gonna see me, and they're gonna see my history, and they're gonna say, what were you thinking? It's gonna be fun. All things being equal, attitude wins. All things not being, at, not being equal, attitude will sometimes win. You, you cannot go around life moping and complaining about, oh, this church does this, these people, I don't like this. Forget it, forget it. The thing that I love about Christianity, we have our different opinions, but we're all focused on Christ. Christ is our savior. We have hope, we have faith, we believe, we do things, for Christ's sake, to come here to return as quickly as possible. And through that, we need to make sure that we always have a great attitude. Things happen to us we may not want to hear or we may not approve of, but it's how we respond to those things that really drives our attitude. Our attitude, not your achievements, gives you happiness. Let me do this uh, little experiment. Can everybody show me your hands? Everybody show me, okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say one, two, three, go, and then I want you to clap just once, right? One, two, three, go. Oh, some of you. Why why did everybody clap before I said go? Because I did. So you were watching me. Uh Uh-huh. So if I have a really bad attitude, what are you gonna think about, Christians? If I am continually saying, oh, they do bad things. You don't do that. You, You know what, you shouldn't be eating meat. You certainly shouldn't be doing these, right? What kind of love, Christ's love, does that really show? People may not see your hope and faith, but they sure see what we do on the outside. And when you have a positive attitude, even through the most challenging times, and when you try to help people through their challenging times, they're going to ask, what are you on? Because I want some of it. And the good thing is, you can say it's free. You don't have to pay for this kind of medication. It's great. All you have to do is understand what I understand. I shared earlier about all the self-help book sales. Did you know that there's everything you need in here? Man, if you want murder mysteries, if you want want some exciting stuff, if you want to know some miracles happening, if you want to know how to have a better life and a happier life and a more long-lasting life, find it in here. This is what you need. That is what you need. My hope for a better tomorrow fuels my need for my faith and my faith makes it much easier to have and to maintain a positive attitude. I was gonna use a story about a friend of mine, and and I still will, but I could put Lucas's name instead. About a week and a half ago, I was in Minnesota and I found out that a friend of mine, we go back and I used to manage him at Pfizer and stuff, a friend of mine said that his cancer had come back. And he, he had it about six years ago, thought that everything was fine, but it came back. This young man that, that, uh, that I worked with, that I've known for so long, he loves Christ. He, his hope and his faith are off the chart. The things that he does to help other people are far beyond what I, what I could ever have thought was possible. And his attitude was in, is incredible. I mean, it's an incredible... I've seen him, trust me, I've seen him through all things since I was managing him at Pfizer. So I know everything that he kind of went through. And yet his hope, faith, and positive attitude, I had no idea that it was back. And I said, you know what, David... Uh, You you said you need a liver transplant. I'm going to go down and get tested and see if I can be a donor. Unfortunately, I'm not the right blood type. But people who go through these things, and Lucas as well, and they come out on the other end, are inspirations. They should be inspirations to all of us. Because they go through life and they experience things that I don't. Just like... I go through life and I experience things that other people don't. Through it all, though, we need to make sure and stay focused on God and rely on Him to get us through. He will walk beside us. He will guide us through. He is there for us. What more could I ever want? You know, I wish I realized this message, so this message today I really I, I needed for myself. Um, because to me, uh, I need to be reminded of this. And, and if I look back on my life, there's a couple of things that I, I would like to give advice to myself as a younger person. One is invest in Apple stock and Microsoft. But the more important thing is my advice that I would give is it isn't in what you get, it's what you give. It isn't in what you have. It's what you do with what you have. It isn't defined by the world standard, rather, it's being in the will of God. When you think about the world's definition of success, it seems that the world's definition of success is you always need more. You always need more. More money, more fame, more followers on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all the other universes out there. In fact, uh, I, I, just, I get a real kick out of this because people love to be influencers and they actually get paid pretty well and I'm thinking, why, right? I'm gonna be an influencer, I have like a million followers and all that. Talk about an influencer. Let's talk about people who were talking about 6,000 years later, 4,000 years later. I don't think any of the people that are influencers today on social media will ever be remembered even 50 years from now. Look at the real influencers. Stories in this book have changed billions of lives. So, there is nothing to fear because I know Christ holds me in his hands and I'm so thankful. And when I look at those hands, I realize that they're the same hands that I nailed to the cross that have holes in them. And yet, he he wants me. He's asking me to come, and he says, I'm going to hold you in these hands. God is great, and I am so looking forward to a time when there's no more death, there's no more disease, there's no more destructions and disasters. There's just not going to be. I can't imagine what it's like, but it must be something like, oh, heaven. My hope and faith give me an inner peace that surpasses all understanding, which then gives me and helps me to always have a positive attitude. I pray today that we'll be great ambassadors for Christ, today, tomorrow, and until he returns. And when he returns, he'll look at us and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant.